colleagues, hello friends, welcome to the unofficial podcast all about Hogswood Cooper Media. If you don't know, Hogswood Cooper is the international conglomerate that owns everything from coal mines to tech startups, news stations to casinos. Now, I don't work for HCM personally. I'm just their number one fan. And with this podcast, I'm on a mission. I want to interview folks who work in every subsidiary of this remarkable company. So join me, won't you? I'm Dean Ardenfeld, and this is The Corporation. My first guest is the operational manager of Inconceivable Health, a crisis pregnancy center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that provides services such as pro-life brochures, pro-life statistics, and abortion horror stories to pregnant women with no place else to turn. Although the clinic has been criticized for misleading vulnerable women, they claim it's for a good cause. In her spare time, she's an avid ghost hunter. Please welcome Lorraine Loinlove. Hi, Dean. Hello, Lorraine. Hi, Dean. How you doing? I'm great. Oh, what a what a what important work you do. And uh, let's get it out of the way right away. Just because your crisis pregnancy center is not uh, doesn't have a medical license and happens to be across the street from an abortion clinic doesn't make it any less important, right? You're doing the important work for vulnerable women. If anything, I think that makes it more important. Yeah, it's called a crisis center for a reason, Dean. Yes, these women are in an urgent crisis, and when it's an emergency, right? You. You go to whoever holds out their hand. Sure. And I, I've noticed that there is some, uh, the, you have a sign spinner outside. Holding yes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you need to grab the hand yourself. Yes. And you have your, like that sign spinner, hold out their hand literally to yeah. women who are yeah. maybe going to go into the abortion yeah. clinic. As they're walking across the street, we yeah. encourage the sign spinners to sort of grab loose clothing, yeah. hands, what is and the, just sort of tug. I'm forgetting now what the phrase is on the sign that's spinning. What's the, what is... I'm so glad you asked, Dean. I'm so glad you asked. Um, it says, in a crisis, mm. cry no more, sis. Come inside. Love wordplay. I love, love. you know, if there's anything I think that like terrified young mothers-to-be mm. mm-hmm. uh, like, it's a pun, you know? That, That's what you want. You want to be able to make light of a situation like that, right? You sound just like the teen mothers that come into our center. Yeah. They are always looking for a laugh. You say pregnant people, they're getting their belly. Yeah. Jolly. Jolly. Wow. Interesting. So you get these women in crisis who have bellies and you just see them as like, kind of like Santa Claus almost. They are crying laughing. Wow. So you're just a gift giver, one might call me. Sure. Yeah. I, I just have to ask because I know like you come under some fi- some, some, some sort of some criticism sometimes. I know that you've like done pregnancy tests on women and then given them like a false report that they aren't pregnant because you don't want them to have the baby. You don't want them to go get an abortion. And like, because the name is kind of like fuzzy, then people think they're walking into like a medically approved establishment and you're just using like over the counter pregnancy tests and you're wearing white lab coats, even though you're not doctors and like, what, how do you respond to that kind of criticism? Um, I guess I would say everything is in the fine print. Mm, okay yeah right uh satire laws oh like a like a spoof you're spoofing medical establishments exactly because to me they're a joke right and if we have to act like them if we have to play their game in order to save these babies right then that's what we need to do and i don't like to call it parody but that is how we are protected by the law 
Okay, so also, can I go back to that Santa Claus? That I, Santa Claus uh, it's analogy. It's fantastic that you're hiding behind parody law. I think that's really smart. Can I go back to that Santa Claus analogy? Please, of course, yeah. These women, I call them Santa Clauses because they deliver gifts of life. Sure. So we are like their elves that just make sure that those gifts get right. get 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 thrust into the world. Yeah, instead of like falling off the sleigh. Right. Yeah, or being um, uh, acid poured on them, or right. uh, like right. dismembered with tongs. Right, and I know that's another thing you do when they come in. You show them horrifying videos, and you really try to scare the living daylights out of them. That's a really good tactic. Um, I wouldn't call it scaring. No? I would say exposing the truth. Sure. We actually have a new education initiative where we're going into elementary schools and showing our educational videos. Now I know that. Some of those schools that you've gone into, you know, they, uh, they've they discontinued their relationship with you because they found out that you aren't a medic, like a licensed medical, but you don't tell them right away. It's in the fine print, right? Well, we tell them that it's sex ed and yeah. it is sexual education. Sure. Yeah. This is what will happen if you have sex right. uh, and if you're a heathen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens when like, let's say someone, you, you grab somebody with your spending sign mm. and your hand out and mm. you pull them in mm. and you show them a bunch of, uh, a bunch of educational videos about mm. what happens to them and mm-hmm. you make them laugh and you make the Santa <laughs> Claus analogy and uh, you tell them it's wrong and it's a sin against mm-hmm. God and they still want to, they still say, get me out of here. I want to go across the street and have, you know, an abortion. What do you say to that young mother to be? Like, what do you do to keep them? Pregnant. So we actually have specialists that we call pregnancy retainers. They act sort of as a psychological barrier between the expectant mother and the outside world. And they sort of stand at the door and say all the things that that mother is fearing. Mm. Things like hell is real (laughs) Um, or you will be haunted by this decision forever. Or the laws are going to change soon and you'll be grandfathered into a death penalty for this crime. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just sort of a psychological love fair because it, it's all coming from a place of love. Right. Right. And so when that person is like, for lack of a better word, screaming at them at the back door while they're trying to leave your facility, mm-hmm. that's all out of love. Oh, my God. Dean. Concern. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you have children, Dean? Oh, no. Oh, absolutely not. OK. Well, if you were a parent you would know that the screaming is something you do when you love someone, but you know they're f***ing wrong. Do you do a lot of that? Are you married? Um, not at the moment. Have you done a lot of screaming in relationships to show your love to other people? I would say that all forms of communication are positive. Sure. Makes sense. And yeah. you have to find someone with a compatible communication style. Sure. Yeah. I tend to find... Men, lovers, mm. husbands, who are hard of hearing and who appreciate a good scream. What an interesting type. That works really well for you because you happen to be a screamer. In all sorts of ways, yes. <laughs> yes, Dean. Um, uh, I, this feels like it's getting a little bit too personal. A little too personal. I understand completely. It, this isn't about my sex life. This Not is about the sex lives of, of women and yes. the choices that they make. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you say you cater to women who have no place else to turn. That is almost literally the case now because like in your state, there are almost no abortion clinics at all. So they 
really have no places to turn. And you guys are franchised all over the state. And I mean, it's fantastic how you've really ensnared them into like this being their only option, right? Isn't it beautiful, Dean? Yeah. It's Imagine just... a world where every time a young girl holds a pregnancy test and sees that it po- it's positive, mm. she knows that her body is going to go through these excruciatingly beautiful changes. Right. And there is nothing she can do about it, right. even if it wasn't her choice. Right. Mm. Women are so blessed. <laughs> Women so are blessed. so blessed. Yeah. And even and if, the, if the inciting incident were like a horrifying or traumatic event, the fact that their body is going to go through this miracle, even maybe against their own will... And they're going to have a child that maybe they might not have the financial resources to support or, you know, that's how we grow, right? That's how we become better people is through adversity. Exactly. God doesn't give us more than we can handle, Dean. And I feel like an agent of God of the universe, sure. even sure. when I force fate into a certain direction. I, I think you're doing the work and it's uh, it's really inspiring that you're like forcing fate. I like that. Thank like you. Forcing fate. Like an angel. Like an angel. Speaking of which, you are an avid ghost hunter. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, how, and how did that come about? Um, well, I had a few paranormal experiences myself. No way. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's sort of tied up in my work. Don't tell me you're seeing the ghosts of aborted fetuses. No, that's oh, that's so I was, terrible, thank Dean. God, thank God. No, 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 no. Why my mind went there? No, the crisis center is built on a graveyard. Oh, good lord! Yes. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so uh, I was cleaning out the drawers one evening after mm. work. Uh, I heard a voice behind me. You know who it was, Dean? Should I know who it was? No. Okay, I was. Is well, I, I'm trying to find someone who might know who this person oh, is. No. I don't know anyone who died and was buried under the current site of the inconceivable pregnancy center. Blonde hair, shoulder length, um, fine features, about thirty. I don't think I know. I don't. I would have to look at a, maybe a police sketch or something. Why is it so important to you that you identify this person? Because I'm a life giver, Dean. I see. And life continues after death. It continues after death, and it uh, it starts way before birth. Way, way, way before birth. It right. starts as mm-hmm. an idea, as a thought. Um, these ghosts are in crisis. Interesting. Okay. And I'm drawn to solving crises. Uh, what do you think you're going to be able to do for these ghosts to help them, you know, move on through their crisis? Well, a lot of psychological love fair. So, so a lot of screaming. screaming yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I think it's mostly a perspective thing. Mm. Um, I think they're just kind of not making the choice to move on. Sure, sure. So it's a lot of telling them that all their loved ones are dead. Screaming them, screaming at them. Then. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Do you, that, have you ever thought about the fact that I know you have a lot of protesters like gather around your facility and yell at you from the outside of the building. Anti-lifers, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought about like the, the idea that maybe some of these ghosts could be like have an issue with what you're doing inside the facility and so you're being like sort of protested from beyond the grave from within almost? I never considered it but they're maybe they're always an- calling me c***. 
<laughs> They're always maybe going. Maybe these the... ghosts are anti-lifers. Oh my god. Okay, well. They're literally anti-life. I don't, I don't think I've ever made a breakthrough on this podcast. Oh my god. But I feel like maybe we've made one. So I thought I was doing a good thing trying to get these ghosts to the other side. But they're You got to get rid of those anti-lifers whether they're dead or alive, right? Oh my god. I feel like I've put you in a real crisis. Why don't we take a break? There's uh, tissues over there next to if you need. Thank you. Um, well, folks, my second guest today makes every one of our lives a bit more precious, and we're going to find out how. But before we get to that, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Lorraine Low in Love from Inconceivable Health. If you are a young woman in crisis, don't cry, sis. There are options for you. If you come to our crisis center, we will hold your hand, support you. We will give you options. We are a quote unquote medical facility. Let us help you deliver your gift to the world. We look forward to seeing you at Inconceivable Health because you being on your own, that's inconceivable. If you are a ghost, please leave me alone. Thank you. And we're back. I'd like to remind you at this point, as I do every show, that I, Dean Ardenfell, am not and have never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Okay, we've been talking to Lorraine Loinlove of Inconceivable Health, and now I'd like to bring in my second guest, who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. She is the senior materials buyer for Plemp, the mega successful technology company that makes most of the cell phones on the planet. In that role, she negotiates the purchase of tantalum, tungsten, tin, and gold from various governments, individuals, and militants all over the world, all so that Plemp Mobile can bring you the brand new Plemp Phone 15. In her spare time, she coaches a league of five and six-year-olds who play full-contact football. Please welcome Mabel Froundling, everybody. Thank oh, you, Maeve. Dean. Thank you. Great to have Pleasure you here. Pleasure to be here. Wow. People don't realize how important these precious metals are in their precious cell phones. Oh, they really don't, you know? Yeah. There's just a minute quantity of each one in every phone, but yeah. without it, you know, you can't be FaceTiming your grandma. Right, right. And you are negotiating with parties. Mostly uh, in Africa for mm -hmm. these metals, right? Yep, yep. Africa, Mongolia, yeah. uh, certain Indonesian islands, yes. And and what I was reading is like sometimes people get all worked up. They get their you know panties in a bunch or whatever because your company, Plamp, is actively funding like militants who are like, you know, enacting human rights uh, violations against people in their own country just to get at this metal that we so desperately need for our cell phones, You know, right? we're, we're operating in regions that are just not very stable, not politically, not socially. Sure, and yeah. uh, we're trying to create a little oasis of stability mm. where our operation is, our mine or whatever it may be. Yeah. So we can get people what they need, which is the ability to connect with each other, you know? Right, right. It's a, it's a sort of win-win. Like if you're injecting uh, money into an area that's not very stable, mm -hmm. that money is going to do nothing but help, right? Exactly. We're injecting uh -oh. money. We're injecting personnel, occasionally weapons. Mm. And, uh, so you, know. you, you will straight, out, straight up like buy weapons, bring them there and trade them for precious metals. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Oh, sure, you wouldn't that, be able to do that. Of course know, not. Yeah. Uh, 
actual direct payments of weapons, I, I can't comment on that, yeah. but uh, yeah. we sure do funnel a lot of money to people who really like their weapons, I will say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so fun. It's so fun. We have fun here. I, I love my job, honestly. Really? It's so exciting. No. So much travel. You go such... there. You actually go to these places. Oh, absolutely. Huh? You, absolutely. Find, you ever find yourself in a situation where you're trying to get your hands on some of this precious metal that's like a finite amount of it in the world mm-hmm, and we desperately mm-hmm. need it? And you're thinking maybe this is a dangerous situation or you might, you know. Oh, I do travel with a full security detail. Excellent. Like, uh, you know, the the vehicle that uh, the president of the U.S. travels yeah, in. Yeah, the bulletproof thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's a specially outfitted uh, okay. limousine. Yeah. I basically have one of those wow. that I travel with with my wow. team. It's just like the movies and everything. When you get out of the car, are there people there with guns and stuff? Are you ever scared? Um. I have been in a couple of touchy situations, mm. but, uh, you know, my guys are really good. They sure. were, and they were able to neutralize the I mean, threats. Hogswood Cooper, you know, uh, owns Plemp. And of course, Hogswood mm-hmm. Cooper has like all the resources in the world and they've got paramilitary outfits all over the world. So they're, exactly. they're the best at keeping it's ca- capitalist, uh, you know, interests safe. Right? Exactly. It's, it's such a relief, you know, when we land in some little village or some place that's, you know, gradually being overtaken by a big open pit mining operation. Sure. It's so reassuring to land there and see those Hogswood Cooper yeah, right? logos, you know, it yeah. makes me feel like I'm home even when I'm across the ocean. Wow. Oh, that's great. And I'm sure, you know, the local residents who live in those places get used to it too, right? I mean, you get, yeah, I'm sure you have your occasional Molotov cocktail being thrown. Oh, it happens to the best of us. You know, yeah. in this business, they say it, you're not really good at your job until you've had at least one <laughs> Molotov cocktail thrown sure. directly at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that there are like villagers and people who are like, you know, barely able to afford food and we come in there and we drill our big mine in there and we give a bunch of money to uh, militant groups who are, right? And I can see how that might be like a little bit uh, uh, frustrating for them? There can be some tensions. Uh, yeah. What we like to do, though, is we, we like to see ourselves not exactly as liberators, but as opportunity givers, you know? Sure. Because, you know, there are families with six, seven, eight, nine kids. Yeah. Those kids are kind of just lollygagging around. Yeah. And we come in, we get the mine up and running, sure. and all of a sudden, jobs for the whole family. Stuff for them to do. And I'm sure you, those little fingers, they got to get way down into the nimble, dirt. Yeah, nimble, very fingers. nimble, those kids. Wow. Yeah. I never really thought of it that way. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not so much occupiers as, well, not maybe, maybe not liberators, but... Creating opportunities wherever opportunity. we go. That's how I like to see it. I love the way opportunity is given by Hogsford Cooper mm-hmm. in, uh, in that way. So, uh, uh, and I noticed, I mean, I couldn't help but notice that the new Plemp Phone 15 All right. uses twice as much of these precious metals <laughs> as the last version. And, uh, you know, uh, the, it's a scarce resource. So what's the thinking there? Y- you know, I don't work directly with the scientists You're not in R&D. the lab. Yeah. No, I'm not in R&D, but they, they said something to the effect of, there's so many competitors out there. How do we set ourselves apart? Mm. And I think people like to know that they're just holding a block of a trace amounts of precious metals and just having that extra gold, that extra tungsten, yeah. you know, right. knowing knowing the work that goes into extracting it from the ground where it's a non-renewable resource. I think people people know that signifies quality. Sure. Like you wouldn't I would if I were to ever for some crazy reason meet a, a like a woman who I like uh, proposed to, 
And I wouldn't propose with like a very tiny diamond ring, right? I'd, I'd save up for like... You want a real honker. Yeah, I want something that, you know, ma- makes it, proves to her and to everyone else that I deserve. Um, so... And you know, don't sell yourself short, Dean. You know, she's out well, there. Well, I, I'm... I, we'll see. Maybe. Perhaps. Who knows? Um, um, who knows? You know, um, I know you, you've got some haters. Uh, Plemp's got some haters. And so does, you know, so does Inconceivable Health. And um, yeah. I wonder, you know, how, how do you two both like kind of deal with people who are constantly trying to like, not only haters, but you've got people who are like throwing Molotov cocktails mm-hmm, in your mm-hmm. case, but also, you know, the throwing rocks through your window, or your health clinic. Like, how do you deal with people who are willing to take that kind of violent action against your interests? I personally think it's just a matter of really believing in what you do. Mm -hmm. If you have that passion, uh, you don't listen to reason. You don't listen (laughs) to threats. Right, right. You just blindly follow that to the ends of the earth. So you're admitting that some of these people might have some reasoned argument, but that you're not willing to listen to it. Oh, everyone has a reason, Dean. Sure. That's Everyone true. has a I reason. I hear reasons all day, every day, Dean, you yeah. know? Reasons why Everyone's you should got their little reasons. Reasons why you shouldn't strip mine an entire poor community. Mm-hmm. Or reasons why you shouldn't force a person who's uh, been a victim of rape to have a child. Like, we've reasons all heard the reasons, their right? their three-year-old should be going to school and not, and not working sure. in plenty of mine. Can I just say, the places that you go sound like heaven. Children everywhere. Right. <laughs> And they get to work? Mm-hmm. There's very uh, limited options for women who get pregnant there, and they have these big, beautiful families full of you would eager workers. An oasis. You would an love oasis. It. They, so many of those places have no access to birth control. So you, oh, my God. You would love it, Lorraine. <laughs> I would love it, but I'd have no purpose. True. That is true. Good point. You have to be here where there is not only a purpose uh, with... Uh, unwed teen mothers coming through your door, but also somehow ghosts who are harassing you. And I just want to take this opportunity to say that the rumors of the chemicals from our mind causing those birth defects were wildly overstated. I'm sure so, they were. You know, People blow that stuff out of proportion. We're very pro life. Life, mm. life is precious mm-hmm. in all forms. In all its. I forms. would say life is the most precious metal. Oh. Oh I love goodness. that. I'm going to use that in my next negotiation. I mean, that would have been a perfect place to go out on. But I have to ask Maeve about her <laughs> hobby. You're, co- you're, you're coaching a league of five and six-year-olds in playing full contact football. Yes. On so, the rare occasions when I'm home, I yeah. do coach my uh, team. Full on tackle football. No no tag football. No. Pa- yes. You know, I, I was talking with some of the other, the parents in my neighborhood, and we, we were reminiscing about when we were growing up, you know, mm. we just leave the house in the morning in the summer be right. out all day, you know, yeah. getting up to adventures. No one was checking on us. No one Those was. were the days, weren't they? Yeah. My parents turned me out and said, don't come back for three days. Uh-huh. We were throwing rocks at each other. Yeah. We were pushing people in the in the creek, in the yeah. rapids. And, you know, most of us made it through. So I, I just thought we need an opportunity for these kids to really toughen up, you right. know? Right, right. Yeah. In my case, my parents would turn me out for three days and they'd expect me to come back tougher and they would tell me I'd come back softer. Um, so what that's an important motivational strategy. I have used that with the kids. Guess, you know, if yeah. the kid's knocked out, he's lightly concussed. Right. As soon as he comes to, I tell him that wasn't even a big hit. You know, right. You got to go harder next time. What are your thoughts on this, Lorraine, as a person who thinks that like every life, especially the life of a child is precious. You know, a lot of people say that us pro-life people 
um, once the kid is born, don't invest anything in the safety or health or well-being of the child the minute it's born. Well, we're not socialists. It's not our job right. to take care of everybody. Right. right. Um, Pull yourself up by your little bootstraps. <laughs> by your booty straps. <laughs> right. My calling specifically, I know, is to help women in crisis. Mm. Someone else's calling might be to help babies in crisis. But right. I stay in my lane. Someone else's calling might be to help children four and five and six years old who are victims of concussion in crisis. I just want to say you bounce right back when you're when you're five, sure. six. Your brain is yeah. malleable. Sure. Your skull is still, you know, Developing, you can shape that thing yeah. any way you want. So they bounce back. <laughs> Like you do you do that believe. like when, it, when a kid falls down and has a head injury? Do you just like kind of... Yeah, you just kind of lightly massage their little head and good as oh. new. Wow. I had at least four concussions as a toddler. Is that so? See, and look at you, Lorraine. You're doing look great. Look at you. Not listening to reason. Doing Yelling at ghosts. Oh, I was about to say I feel very safe here with you two. Oh, do you? Oh, thank well, you. Well, we feel great. With, why do you feel so safe with us? Um, I just feel like you have similar values to me. I feel mm. like... I could say anything yeah. and you would support me. I would probably, we would probably all just say it right back to each other. Like we were in this little like oh. chamber of like where we just echo it back together. I think that's other. beautiful. And right. I will say my security guys are right outside. So we are safe. Physically safe. Technically. <laughs> yes. Oh, Perfect. <laughs> Lorraine Loin Love was played by Julia Rambos and Samer and Maeve O'Froundling was played by Erica Haviland. Both of them hail from Montreal, Canada. Both are super funny performers, and both are members of the improv team Succulents. You can frequently see that team performing on the show 3PO at Montreal Improv, and you can hear Julia and Erica often on Stefan Speck's podcast, Some Good Friends. Check it out. I'm Nathan Hartswick playing Dean Ardenfeld. Follow this podcast at The Corporation Pod on Instagram. Join our Facebook group, Fans of the Corporation. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And while you're at it, maybe write us a nice review. The Corporation is a production of Unicow Media, the official tiny little podcast network of Vermont Comedy Club, located in beautiful Burlington, Vermont.